Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to transform your whole life, all your life. We hope that you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. So good to be here. I thought, I thought, I don't know whether Lawrence had remembered, but it's Pentecost Sunday. Uh, and I just thought, well, if, if there's a Sunday that you should be praying for people to be filled with the Spirit, it's today. So I thought that was pretty excellent. Yeah, amazing. Um, I'm kind of going to be doing like a bit of a teach, stroke preach, stroke teach. Yeah, because it always ends up being anything somewhere between those things when I do it. But um, I want to, um, I, I believe I've got something that's going to help some people. Um, and it's just something that's been on my mind. You know, I'm a big believer in equipping and helping people uh, to, or giving them the tools that they need to, to make this walk with Jesus work. You know, um, Christianity isn't a spectator sport. It's, it's something that we are meant to live, that we are meant to live out. And preaching isn't just for the entertainment value. Um, you know, if, if we can avoid being dry and boring, that's a good thing. But, but it's not just about the entertainment value. It's about equipping people. It's about helping people to walk the walk. Lest we end up just talking the talk. Uh, we need to be able to back up what we hear. And so the win is that you hear uh, what you hear today and you're able to take something away with you to help you in your walk with God. And, and the thing that, um, the working title um, for today, I don't know if it's the right title, but it's the working title is What's Cooking? Because I was, I was, I've been doing some thinking around the whole area of appetite. And um, we're going to be looking at different aspects of it. I think that uh, things will become clear as we, we go along. Um, and the fact that our appetites make a great servant, but a terrible master. And the first scripture, I'm going to point us, out, point us to a few scriptures. The first scripture, and we'll kick off with this, is in Genesis 25. And it's talking about two brothers, uh, Esau and Jacob. And in verse 27, it says this, the boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste of a wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That's why it's called Edom, which means red, by the way. Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore on an oath, 
to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. I was, I was thinking about the fact that he got up and left. Not, he, he did not realize in that moment what he'd done. He did not realize the consequences or the implications of his decision. And we're starting here because Esau, Esau gives us a, a classic example of what it is to be ruled by your appetite in an unhealthy way. Um, you know, because I'm sure he was hungry. I'm sure he was famished. I don't think he was about to die. He said, look, I'm about to die. I mean, no, bro, you're not about to die. You're just really hungry. You know what I'm saying? But, but he allowed his appetite to, to mess with his head and he lost perspective. So much so that by satisfying his appetite in that moment, he influenced the rest of his life. Um, which is, if you'll excuse the pun, food for thought. Thanks, Tando. Um, you see, when you appetite, when your appetite manages you, you make extremely poor decisions. Another example of that might be the account of Eve in Genesis 3, verse 6, where it says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. See, there's, there's a clear process and we know, I mean, this, the consequences of Eve's decision were even more devastating uh, than the consequences of Esau. They were personally devastating for Esau, but they weren't just personally devastating for Eve. They were devastating for humanity. But, but we see a process because she was looking at something that God had told her not to. And there was a, a process in that as she was looking, desire or appetite entered in and she found herself doing something with devastating consequences. What you gaze upon will influence what you think and what you think will influence how you act. What you gaze upon will influence how you think and how you think will influence how you act. And that then took me in my thinking processes to the account of, of David and, and Bathsheba because again, we see someone who finds an appetite awakened in him that, that leads him to a very bad place. In 2 Samuel 11, uh, verses 1 to 5, it says, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. 
I want to just firstly point out that Eve was in the wrong place at the wrong time. David was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He, he was where he shouldn't be. He should have gone to war because that was the time when kings go to war. And, and he found himself um, compromised because of where he was. They destroyed the Ammonites, besieged Rebar, but David remained in Jerusalem. Verse two says, one evening David got up from his bed and, and walked around on the roof of the palace. I don't know. Um, it's, to me, this, this verse speaks, and you might argue that I'm reading too much into it, but it kind of speaks to me of how perhaps indulgent David might have been being because it was evening, it wasn't night, it wasn't the middle of the night. He got up in the evening. It's like, you know, no wonder you can't sleep, bro, because you've been in bed all afternoon, you know what I mean? And he'd been, he, he had been indulging certain appetites and in the process, found, walking around on the roof, he saw a woman bathing. Notice the correlation now between Eve. They were in the wrong place at the wrong time and their eyes focusing, looking at, staring at something they shouldn't have been. Being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Awakened appetites again with devastating consequences. And you know, if you read that scripture, you'll find out actually he ended up sleeping with Bathsheba and she became pregnant and there's a whole horrendous story that outworks itself from there. But the correlation between what I'm staring at, what, what, I, what I awaken desire by what I'm focusing on. So in other words, if I'm focusing on the wrong things, I'm going to awaken desires that shouldn't be awakened. I'm going to discover appetites that should not be awakened. Because when our appetites run out of control, they can lead us astray. And I want to say that the presence of an inappropriate appetite can also be the indication that all is not spiritually or emotionally well with me. If I'm finding myself with an appetite that I shouldn't be having, then that is an indication. Let me point you to the, the, the parable of, of the, the prodigal son, the, the, the lost son. Um, we know that there is a count, uh, many of us know the story of a man who came to his father and said, give me my inheritance and his father gave him his inheritance and he went off and he, he lived, he, he subjected himself to wild living and spent all his inheritance and he found himself uh, uh, far away from home having spent everything in verse 14 with a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed 
to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. Now, you know, the, the impact of those words to this audience um, would not have been the same as the impact as they had on the audience that Jesus was speaking to when he told this because that he was speaking to a Jewish community. And when he was talking uh, uh, to those people, they would have been, oh, it would have been disgusting to them because the pig was considered an incredibly unclean animal. So things were already bad that he was working with pigs because a, a Jew would never have been working with pigs, never mind anything else. But the fact that he was now desiring what the pigs were eating, that is a whole, that is like, that's hitting rock bottom and digging a hole. You know what I mean? That is low. And to this audience, that was about as vile as things could get. And indeed, even to this young man, it became a vile moment because when he found himself carrying the desire to do this, in verse 17, saying, he says, when he came to his senses, he just, when he found that he got this desire, he said, what am I doing? What am I even doing? Why am I even thinking this? Way? What have I become? Why, uh, why, am I, why am I living like this? You know, it'd be better just to go home and, and, and hire myself out as, as, as a servant. But, but I need to go home. I need to get back to my father. Father, that's what it... What it says, it says there that I will set out and go back to my Father. I think that's an important point because having found an inappropriate appetite, he came to his senses and he now had an appetite to return to his Father. Now the Father although is a human in this story, he is, it's a parable. He is representing God, the Father. So that now he, having hit this low, he has a desire, an appetite for God awakened in him and he goes back. The, the, the presence of an appetite for something that, that, that shouldn't be in my life is a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call. Because it tells me, it's an indicator that there is something that is not right. The famous prayer of, of, of St. Augustine said that you made for us yourself you made for us yourself and our hearts find no peace till they rest in you. In other words, God has placed a God-shaped hole in each one of us that only He can fill. Our problem comes when we try and fill that hole with other stuff. That's when we get into trouble. So God, we are born with an appetite for God. I believe that. We may 
be born sinners, but we're born with an appetite for God because God has wired us in that way. And, and when we try and fuel that appetite with other things, try and meet that need, then we're going to get ourselves into trouble. And people will try and meet those needs with all kinds of things. You know, the obvious one, being food that you know maybe maybe it's sex maybe it's alcohol maybe it's pornography maybe it's shopping maybe it's retail therapy whatever it is that sets itself up to meet the need in your life rather than allowing God to do it now you see it seems simple in a preach because our brain tells us, well, of course, why would I be wanting to eat the pig swill? I want to please God. But my problem is that when I choose the God route, sometimes it takes long. And when I, but, but when I choose one of the other routes like food or alcohol or sex, that's the quick fix. And I'm in pain now. I'm in need now. I've got a problem now. I want this dealing with now. And therefore, I, will, I can opt for the quick fix. But there's always pain at the end of the quick fix. Because what starts out satisfying or being enough ends up not being enough. Because what starts out as a servant ends up being the master. Jeremiah 2 verse 13 says that my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. What does that mean? That's saying, you know what? Instead of choosing the, the, the spring of living water, I am going to sort me out. I'm going to sort out my needs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and satisfy that part of me that only God can. And the, the um, juxtaposition there of a spring of living water and the filthy cistern water that is draining away. It's like God is saying, why would you opt for that? Why would you opt for filthy cistern water that you have dug for yourself and it's draining away rather than coming for this stream of living water that I am offering to you? You see, our, our appetites, our appetites can work for us or our appetites can work against us. God does not want us to forsake Him. He wants us to forsake the things that will never satisfy. They will never do what they say on the tin they will do. See, God has given us appetite. It's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. When, when Esau 
came in, the fact that he was famished, the fact that he was hungry was indicative of a natural signal that God had placed within him. He'd been out in the open country. He had burned off loads of calories and it was his body telling him that that now you need to replenish food. You need to receive energy. That is a good thing. That signal is a good thing because if we don't eat, we're going to die eventually. Um, And the, but the, the reality was he used his uh, appetite to, uh, he allowed it to master him rather than him making, him making it serve him. But our appetites are meant to serve us. If you have an appetite for the things of God, this is a sign of spiritual health. A lack of appetite for the things of God might mean there's something that's not quite right. So I want to ask you, how hungry are you? How hungry are you? You see, when, when I carry, you see, it's easy I, when I talk to you about having an appropriate appetite for the things of God, we, we respond to that and, and we understand that. I just want to press rewind a little bit and say, when I find myself carrying an inappropriate appetite for something, that is also an indication that I need God. But usually the way we interpret that is that we feel condemned, we feel rubbish. You know, am I, how can I call myself a Christian if anyone knew the way I was thinking, if everyone knew what I was feeling, if anyone knew what I was doing? The, the devil uses it as an opportunity to condemn us, to bring us down, to make us feel rubbish. And then when we feel that, we withdraw from God because that's what happened, isn't it, to Adam in the garden. When he felt unclean, rubbish, a failure, he hid from God. Sin will always make us want to hide from God. If I'm hiding from God, I'm making the devil happy because he wants as big a distance between me and God as he possibly can get. So, What I'm saying is that the presence of those appetites, however they got there, is not an opportunity to be condemned because there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You've got to remember the fact that you know that stuff is going on in you. God knew about it before you did. He knows everything about it. He's not surprised. He's not shocked. He knows stuff about you you have got no idea about. He knows about that, but he does not condemn you. Rather than leading to a sense of condemnation, those appetites should point you to your need of God. But the enemy will try and get you to follow the root of your appetite rather than following the route to God. Because what you really need in that instance is not to satisfy your appetite, but to satisfy your need for God. But it's just, it seems a long way away. It seems a long way away to get to 
that point. So we need to, we need to make sure that we are hungry for the right things. Proverbs 27 verse 7 says, One who is full loathes honey from the comb. But to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. I love the way the Proverbs 27, 7 puts it in the message that, that when you stuffed yourself, you refused dessert. But when you're starved, you could eat a horse. You see, when I ask you how hungry you are, what is your appetite like? What is your capacity for the things of God? You know, I remember when I was little, my grandma used to often come over to our house just before tea or just before the evening meal. And, you know, being grandma, she brought some sweets. And I don't know, my grandma always bought, does anyone remember Caramac? I don't even know whether you can still get Caramac. Some people are like, what? What's Car-? I don't even know what it is. But it's something made of sugar. And, um, but whenever, whenever she bought it, like, you know, like the first thing is, I want to eat that. And what would my mom say every single time? Don't eat it now because you're going to ruin your appetite. In other words, if you get full of the wrong things, you won't get full of the right things because you won't have appetite for the right things because you got full of the wrong things. Sometimes we can lose our appetite for the things of God because we're filling up on the wrong things. If we're always running to that list of stuff that I talked about earlier to meet my needs, I am never going to enhance my appetite for the things of God because I'm drinking water from a broken cistern. There has to come a point where I make a decision that I'm not drinking from that cistern anymore. I'm going to go to the stream of living water or I'm going to run back to my father because I'm desiring stuff that I shouldn't be desiring. It's going to have no good impact on my life. I'm running back to my heavenly father because he's the one who's going to sort me out and he's going to give me good food. You see, when I'm hungry, I, I even approach food in a different way. You know, full people are picky people. You know, when you're, really, when you're, when you're full and you get some food and you say, oh, would you like something? No, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, what, what do I feel like? I don't know. I, don't, I might, I just, I, I just, maybe, a, just maybe a little bit. You know, like, it's because I'm, I'm, I'm picky now because I'm full. I'm not, but like if I was starving, if I was really hungry, then I would wade in. You know, it's a real pleasure to feed hungry people. You know, I remember like when my kids were small and we had to try and stop this behaviour and uh, Lynette uh, cooked for, uh, for them. And you know, sometimes they put a meal on the table and the kids would say, uh, how, how, how much do I have to eat? You know, it's like, Wow. Thanks, mom, for preparing me. It's like, how much can I get away with? Because I don't want this. I don't want this. You know, it's like, not, you, you, 
you have to teach your kids to be grateful that they've, they've, they've got food. But, but there came a point when they were, were teenagers or, you know, like as a young men as they are now, when, when mom prepares food, they are ready. And when they're hungry, they, they are saying, oh, mom, this is awesome. This is amazing. We, we, we love this because they're hungry and they're grateful. I want, I want, you know, when you're really hungry, you're not going to turn your nose up to stuff. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a big fan of chicken. I don't eat chicken. I know some of you are going to think that's weird and like, are you a human? And like, you need prayer. And I know, I know. I just don't like it. I don't eat it. I'm not a vegetarian. I love meat, but I don't like chicken. It's just the way it is. Get over it, right? So the point, the point I want to make is though, that I, can have, I have the luxury of that right now because I've eaten other things. But if I was really, truly hungry, if I was absolutely starving and any, the only thing that was available is chicken. Let me tell you, I'd be eating that chicken because I would, and the rice and peas and the plantain and the chunk of pork and gongu soup and hey, I, I would be eating all that because, no, I love all that stuff. Don't, you're leading me around the wrong, step, wrong, wrong path. Um, I love all that stuff. But the point is, um, oh, it's distracted me with the plantain and the... The rice and peas, man. That, that is, it's like, that's awesome. Yeah, just, just leave out. I have some curry goat, you know, with that. That's, that's good. We'll just leave out the chicken. Anyway, back to the message. When I'm full and picky, but when I'm tru- truly hungry, then I will, I will um, eat and I'll be grateful and I'll be satisfied. I want to say God is looking for hunger. God is looking for hunger. Matthew 5 verse 6 says that you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite. Watch that. You are blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. So I'm blessed when I've worked up a good appetite. And and I love that because that means that sometimes I've got to work up an appetite. I think that that helps me because sometimes I don't always feel that hungry. That's the truth. But I can work up an appetite for the things of God. And when I do, the Bible says, I am blessed. The interesting thing is that the more I have of food, the less I want. But the more I have of God, the more I want. The more I have of God, the more hungry I am. And I have to find ways to enhance the appetite for the things of God. Because we have to understand that the other stuff will seek to pull us away. Because we want the quick fix. We want the easy way out. We want the easy answer, but it's not the easy way out. It's the, it's the worst way out. But we tell ourselves it's the easy way out because right now it does the job. You know, have you ever, have you ever, you know, like, I don't know. Let me take you even down to the simplest thing. You've, you've, you've uh, eaten something, you've had that big meal, and then you, you, you see a biscuit on the side or something. You eat the biscuit and you think, oh, no, I shouldn't have eaten that. I shouldn't have eaten that. Why do I? Like, I didn't need it, you know, but it was there and it looked good. 
and I just ate it. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have eaten that. And that is, that is when I'm, I'm, I'm allowing my appetites to, 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 to rule me. It's like, why, why am I doing, why am I doing that? Am I, if I'm trying to meet my needs with things that, that are not godly, then they are robbing me of my appetite for the things of God. Because when I fill up on Mars bars every day, it won't only take away my appetite, but it will also take away my health. So I've got to not waste my appetite. I've not got to waste my appetite. I've got an appetite, but... That appetite, I can use it for the right thing or I can use it for the wrong thing. And last time I looked, no one was holding me down and shoveling, me, shoveling things in my mouth against my will. So that means that if, they're find, if stuff are finding my way, if the way in, it's because I've allowed it in. It's true with food. It's true with the other areas as well. Spiritual health is indicated by the presence of an appetite for God. You know, I was saying earlier, you know, that often uh, even just with simple appetite for food, if I'm not well physically, often I'll lose my appetite. Um, And an indication that I'm starting to get well trying to starting to get better is that my appetite returns. In fact, it's one of the signs that I'll take on board to say that I'm actually getting better. I think it can also be true spiritually. When I, when I lose my appetite for the things of God, then, then that is an indicator that things are not good. They're not well. But I need to find a way of getting back my Appetite. See, I, I, I want to remind us that when we walk with God, temptations are going to come. That is a reality of life. It is a fact of life. One day we will be with Jesus and there won't be any temptations anymore. But while we walk on the earth, God has given us the ability to manage temptations. He hasn't taken temptation away. He's empowered us to overcome the temptation. In writing to the Corinthian church, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10, he said, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. I think that it's important to remember that because in the moments of temptation, God feels a long way away. But He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, everyone say when, because I just wanted you to prove I'm not making it up. It didn't say, but if you are tempted. It says when you are tempted. He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Say the word endure. 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 
That means you're going to have to ride this out. That means that this route is not the quick fix route, but it's the best route. It's going to lead to health. It's going to lead to healing. It's going to lead to hope. It is not going to lead to regret. Because sometimes life, if we allow our appetites to overcome us, they will lead us to a much worse thing than I shouldn't have had that biscuit moment. I mean, that's one level of regret. There are a whole host of other regrets that can influence our whole life, that we can have an Esau moment. We can have a Eve moment. We can have a David and Bathsheba moment because we've allowed our appetites to overwhelm us. But the promise by the Spirit of God is, and that's, that's when, when Lawrence gets us forward to be filled with the Spirit of God. It's not just so that we can have one of those moments where it's, oh, hallelujah. Oh, my Jesus. You know, like, that's reducing the Spirit of God just to a goose, uh, goosebump moment. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't, I, listen, goosebump moments are great. What I need is in this moment, in this moment, I need the Spirit of God to remind me that there's no temptation that is so strong that in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Spirit of God, I cannot overcome. I, in Jesus' name, I can. Through His Spirit, I can. Left to my flesh, left to me, I'm gonna fail. But through Him, and through His Spirit, I am able to succeed. I need to be close to God. I need to restore my appetite. I need to come to God and say, Oh God, lead me not into temptation. So how can I enhance the hunger you know, as I've said, that, you know, every, every mom here will tell you that when their child was ill and they wanted to restore appetite, they didn't come as the child was recovering and come with a big six-course meal and shove it in front of them and say, eat it. Because they knew that the moms know they didn't have the capacity for that. So the root is a little and often. A little and often. If you're finding yourself today and the truth is you've got an appetite for a whole heap of stuff that is not God and you know you're lacking in the appetite area for the things of God, it's no good saying, going for the quick fix where you have a two-hour worship session, a two-hour prayer session, a five-hour Bible reading. But You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're just, you're just dreaming. It's not going to happen. You need to, to have your appetite restored. It's a little. And often, just a little. Just take a little. Just, just, just come to God and, you know, get in the, get in the presence of God. Have you, ever been, have you ever been in the presence of, of food, good food that's being cooked and you didn't even realise how hungry you were until you could smell the food cooking and then suddenly you feel that you're, Appetite is activated. You know, sometimes, well, you know, if you want, if you want the appetite activated, get into the kitchen. 
Get, get into the place where food is being cooked. Get into the house of God, where the presence of God is. Expose yourself to an environment where the presence of God can activate your appetite. Be focused in worship. You see, the problem is we get so used to faking it because we've learned how to stand in church. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Oh, you're awesome. God, you're amazing. Hallelujah. We, 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 that, we can do that and be thinking at the same time, what's for dinner, man? I need to pop to the shops and get some, uh, yes, man, get some chicken. Oh, I'm not thinking that. That's you thinking that. Or I need to pop into town to buy this. But all we can see is, hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you. Or I've got this issue at work. But you see, those, when I'm doing this on the outside, but my internal world is far from the things of God, that is not enhancing my appetite for the things of God. It's like prayer. It's like, you know, like, we, we get this thing, no, 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 man, I need to pray. I need to pray. I need to, you know, I've got to get prayer in my life. And you know, like, come Friday, two hours, two hours, prayer, 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 prayer. Yes, man, prayer. You're, you're not going to do it. You're not going to make it because I need to enhance the appetite. See, I think so often we, we, we look at, oh no, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't think that. You shouldn't look at that. You shouldn't be there. You should Do you know that the problem, the problem isn't just the things I shouldn't be doing. It's the fact that I have an appetite for it. If I dealt with the appetite, I wouldn't have to stop. I, if, I deal, if I deal with the reasons I reach out for the biscuit I don't need, I'm not going to reach out for the biscuit I don't need. If I deal for the reasons why I'm buying things I don't need, then I don't buy things I don't need. Because I've dealt with the appetite and that deals with the problem. But we just think, oh, I must stop doing it. 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 But if you dealt with the appetite, but it, I'm not just going to not, I'm not just going to stop doing that. I've got to start doing something else. It's the divine exchange that enables me to stop desiring that and start desiring the right thing. And the more I desire of God, the more I'm going to find that my appetite for Him increases. So don't be planning a two-hour prayer meeting on Friday. What I'm saying to you is, you know, you might not be able to manage five minutes right now. You might be able to manage just one minute. You might be able to manage 30 seconds. Just say, God, in, 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 you know, maybe, maybe all you can manage is five minutes, one minute at a time throughout the day. Where you say, God, you know me, Lord. Just help me. Lord, I'm not hungry for you right now, but I want to be hungry. Restore my appetite. Restore my soul. Restore my hunger for you. Maybe that's all you can manage right now. That's end of prayer time. Done. But I want you to know God hears. God hears. And, and, and God hears a, an authentic, heartfelt prayer rather than you're babbling on for hours just thinking that you're pleasing Him because you've spent a long time doing it. 
when it comes to the Word of God, a little bit and often. Rather, rather, rather just have something, you know, I've, I've talked about this so often before. I, I just don't get it. You know, sometimes because, you know, when I read the Word of God and, you know, I don't get reading a chapter and say, right, I've read a chapter of the Bible. Oh, hallelujah. And you say, well, what did you read? <clears throat> you know what? I read a chapter and that's a good thing. That's a lot better than I used to be. And it's not about reading the chapter. It's what have you got out of it? Better for you to read one verse and that verse be with you for the whole day and feed you and, and affect the way you think and, and, you, and you use that to meditate on. Better that than to read a whole chapter that you've forgotten the moment you've got to the end of it. You weren't even concentrating all the way through. A little bit and often. And as you do that, your appetite will be restored. I just realised how carried away. I declare, you should have warned me. I've gone over time. I'm sorry for that. But let me finish with these questions. It's not your fault, Claire. I'm just saying. I just, I just saw her. I thought, it's, not, it's fine. It's fine. It's my fault. I should have been watching the clock. Um, If I'm not hungry for God, why am I not hungry? Am I filling up on stuff I shouldn't so that I don't have appetite for God? Are there any appetites in my life that are out of control that I've become the servant of and that I'm now being mastered by things that I need God to help me with? The only way I can stop doing that stuff is to go run back to my Father. I need to run back to my Father. Can I enhance my appetite for God by not filling up on the wrong stuff? And by coming to God and filling up on the right stuff, I'll find myself hungry in the right place, making the right choices. I'm blessed in the way God wants me to be. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been both challenged and inspired. To stay up to date with everything going on in our church, go to heartchurch.co.uk.